My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. Well, Lord, we're back. We're back with you today, this evening, and it is good that we are here. I said to my pastor, I think we should expect a small group tonight. And he said, definitely, it's cold outside. Very few people will come. And yet, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't mourn that there are only a few here. Wherever two or three are gathered, there he is in the midst of them. And what does Peter say? Lord, it is good that we are here. And it's Peter, James, John, and Jesus. It's good that we are here because you are here with us. There's something somehow more intimate about it. I think the acoustics are better when no one's here. To be alone with none but thee, my God. There's a beautiful prayer. It's definitely an Irish prayer because it rhymes. Alone with none but thee, my God, I journey on my way. What need I fear when thou art near, O King of night and day? More safe am I within thy hands than in, if a host did round me stand. The child of God can fear no ill, his chosen dread no foe. We look to thee, O Lord, and wait thy bidding when to go. Tis not from chance our comfort springs. Thou art our trust, O King of kings. We can say these things to our Lord in our time alone with him. Perhaps we're listening to this at home now. We're in the car. In that quiet place we found to pray. Alone with none but thee, my God. Today is the feast of Elizabeth of Hungary. One of the greats, of course she's one of the greats, she's one of the saints. Someone who was given so much on an earthly level and on a spiritual level. She was the recipient of so much from God. And she's a saint because she gave it all back to him. Everything. Elizabeth of Hungary, a queen of Hungary. And she gave everything she owned to the poor. And she gave her heart entirely to our Lord. The following is a short description of her life from her spiritual director. His name is Father Conrad. 
He writes, From this time onward, Elizabeth's goodness greatly increased. She was a lifelong friend of the poor and gave herself entirely to relieving the hungry. She ordered that one of her castles should be converted into a hospital in which she gathered many of the weak and feeble. She generously gave alms to all who were in need, not only in that place, but all the territories of her husband's empire. She spent all her own revenue from her husband's four principalities, and finally she sold her luxur luxurious possessions and rich clothes for the sake of the poor. Twice a day in the morning and in the evening, Elizabeth went to visit the sick. She personally cared for those who were particularly repulsive. To some she gave food, to others clothing, some she carried on her own shoulders and performed many other kindly services. Her husband, of happy memory, gladly approved of these charitable works. Finally, when her husband died, she sought the highest perfection. Filled with tears, she implored me to let her beg for alms from door to door. To door. On Good Friday of that year, when the altars had been stripped, she laid her hands on the altar in a chapel in her own town where she had established the Friars Minor. And before witnesses, she voluntarily renounced all worldly display and everything that our Savior in the Gospel advises us to abandon. Even then, she saw she could still be distracted by the cares and worldly glory which had surrounded her while her husband was alive. We'll skip to the very last part. Before her death, I heard her confession. When I asked what should be done about her goods and possessions, she replied that anything which seemed to be hers belonged to the poor. She asked me to distribute everything except one worn-out dress in which she wished to be buried. When all this had been decided, she received the body of our Lord. Afterward, until Vespers, she spoke often of the holiest things she had heard in sermons. And she devoutly commended to God all who were sitting near her. And as if falling into a gentle sleep, she died. So Elizabeth gives everything, everything she owns. She leaves this world with just one lowly dress, this queen among queens. gives everything away. As my soccer coach used to say, leave it all on the field. She left it all on the field. The field our Lord had chosen for her, the vocation our Lord had given her. Everything she received, she returned to God. And she's canonized saint. So she heard those words from our Lord. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into your joy. Our Lord gives so much to us. He just, he, he showers us with goodness. And it brings us back to this past Sunday's gospel. Jesus told his disciples this parable from Matthew chapter 25. 
a man going on a journey called in his servants and entrusted his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to a third one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. Immediately the one who received five talents went and traded them with them and made another five. Likewise, the one who received two made another two. But the man who received one went off and dug a hole in the ground and buried his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants came back and settled accounts with them. The one who had received five talents came forward, bringing the additional five. He said, Master, you gave me five talents. See, I have made five more. His master said to him, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Since you were faithful in small matters, I will give you great responsibilities. Come, share your master's joy. Then the one who had received two talents also came forward and said, Master, you gave me two talents. See, I have made two more. His master said to him, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Since you were faithful in small matters, I will give you great responsibilities. Come, share your master's joy. Then the one who had received the one talent came forward and said, Master, I knew you were a demanding person, harvesting where you did not plant and gathering where you did not scatter. So out of fear I went off and buried your talent in the ground. Here it is back. His master said to him in reply, You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I do not plant and gather where I did not scatter. Should you not then have put my money in the bank so that I could have got, that, got it back with interest on my return? Now then, take the talent from him and give it to the one with ten. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will grow rich. But from one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And throw this useless servant into the darkness outside, where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. I've heard a misrepresentation of this gospel, that the talents are simply talents, and not, in the mon not, not with monetary value, but talents like being able to sing or play soccer or drive a car. And those are all good things. They're nice things. The talents that we have, the talents that we have cultivated. Perhaps we were born with certain talents. And yet, the talents in this gospel are something given by the master of infinite value, of, of, of overwhelming value to his servants. And he asks that they use them well. And what is it that God gives to us? Well, it's worth asking, who is this God? Who is this master which gives talents? Which gives good gifts to his sons and daughters? Well, he's God. He is the one who is love itself. So, the talents are the unlimited love of God. We could speak for 
years, we could do an entire course on what precisely these talents are, but for the moment, let's let this suffice. That God has first loved us. There's another prayer I'd like to go back to. From one of those old prayer books. Full of a prayer for everything under the sun. And this is an evening prayer. Perhaps it's a good one to pray right now, Lord. It goes like this. Oh my God, I present myself before thee at the end of another day to offer thee anew the homage of my heart. I humbly adore thee, my creator, my redeemer, and my judge. I believe in thee because thou art truth itself. I hope in thee because thou art faithful to thy promises. I love thee because thou art infinitely worthy of being loved. And for thy sake, I love my neighbor as myself. And here's the important part. Enable me, O God, to return thee thanks as I ought for all thy inestimable blessings and favors. So it acknowledges, Lord, you've given me so much. What can I do in return? And then He enumerates the ways in which our Lord has loved him. The writer of this prayer says, Thou hast thought of me and loved me for all eternity. Thou hast formed me out of nothing. Thou hast delivered up thy son to the ignominious death on the cross for my redemption. Thou hast made me a member of thy holy church. Thou hast preserved me from falling into the abyss of eternal misery when my sins had provoked thee to punish me. And thou hast graciously continued to spare me, even though I have not ceased to offend thee. What return, O my God, can I make for the favors of this day? And then he asks for help. He says, O all ye saints and angels, unite with me in praising the God of mercy, who is so bountiful to so unworthy a creature. The writer of this prayer has a profound understanding of the abundance of God's love. We could call it, and theologians have called it, the economy of salvation. Our Lord, when it comes to the greatest asset in the universe, love himself, his very being, gives of himself abundantly. Thought of us and loved us for all eternity, given up his son to the ignominious death on the cross for our redemption, has not ceased to grant us mercy over and over and over again, has baptized us and called us his own, made an everlasting covenant with us in his own body. And now, Lord, you, the king of the universe, dwell here with us. What return can we possibly make for your abundant 
question every Christian needs to ask themselves. And in order to ask it, we need to be reminded again and again and again of what we've received. That you, Lord, your love is of infinite value. It can't be the that wicked, lazy servant who returns with nothing. Well, yeah, I, 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 I got that talent, Lord. I, but I didn't do anything with it. Yeah, I, I knew you loved me, but I, I didn't really, I didn't really respond to that love. We cannot afford, and the many souls who depend on us to draw them into the Father's love cannot afford for us not to invest the superabundant love of God. We need to partake in the economy of salvation. We, do, we need to make a return on the investment our Lord has made in us. The investment of his very self. What return, oh my God, can I make to you for all thine inestimable blessings and favors. Well, that's what it means to be a saint. To respond heartily to our Lord. To love as he loves. To be merciful as he's merciful. To realize how much he's given us and then respond in kind. Lord, help us, because it's a, it's a tremendous calling, and as much as you've given us, we still need help. We need your encouragement. We need your mercy. We need your love. Fill us with your grace. Overwhelm us with that grace. Help us realize more and more. Remind us again and again of how much you've given us because we're forgetful so forgetful so Lord let's just ask this simple grace tonight fill us again with your love Help us to be those good and faithful servants who not only acknowledge, not only realize how much you've given us, but have the grace to respond with love, to be like saints, to be like Elizabeth of Hungary. Who sees everything that she was given as valuable only in so far as it can be given away. Because the asset that you give us, the gift that you give us, beyond all telling, if it's hidden away, it disappears. 
Love is not something that can be hidden under a basket or buried in the ground or put in a safe or not brought out to those we encounter every single day. What good is this gift if it is not shared? The saints knew this. The saints followed that first commandment you gave Adam and Eve. Kreshite. Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it. Love is I love. Because if we hide it away, it will not multiply. Lord, fill us with the grace with which you filled the saints. Help us to invest this love. Every once in a while, Lord, you remind us that the time to give it all away, to give you our heart, to return the thanks for everything, is now. Perhaps we lose someone. Perhaps a friend calls up and says, will you, will you be the executor of my estate? And we go, oh, I should probably write my will. Because I can't take it with me. Lord, everything we have been given, all of our possessions, and especially the possession of your love, help us to give it away. And then, like Elizabeth, we will pass from this world with a look of utter peace upon our faces and then encounter you. And by your grace, we will hear you say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into your master's joy.